Welcome to Hudson Mohawk Magazine. Well, thank you so much, Andrew, for inviting me. My name is Katie Keery. I am the program manager for Rensselaer, Columbia, and Greene Counties for the local chapter of the Alzheimer's Association. How did you find yourself in that position? Yeah, so actually it was pretty um, pretty early outside of getting my undergrad. I got my undergrad at SUNY Oneonta in communication studies and psychology. I knew I wanted to do something educational, but I wasn't really sure exactly what. And then this bittersweet experience, it was a, a bitter experience, but it turned out that something good came from it. My grandmother, unfortunately, had Alzheimer's disease, and her mother also had it. So it runs in my family. And right before I graduated from Oneonta, she passed away. My dad started getting more involved with the Alzheimer's Association. And then he got very close with them. And he said, Kate, you know, they're looking for another program manager to present a local education. And I know you're all about local support and education and yada, yada. So I said, yeah. So I interviewed for the position. So I've been with them for four and a half years now. Alzheimer's. Just give me an idea of what Alzheimer's actually does to the behavior of someone you love very much, or even someone you know, or someone you're associated with. What happens to that relationship? Absolutely. One thing we always like to say at the association is, if you've met one person with Alzheimer's, you've met one person. This disease is very unique to each individual. There are some general symptoms that uh, usually show that someone's having some cognitive impairment, some type of dementia. However, every person has very specific, very unique experience. For example, somebody with this disease may have a very difficult time with language. They may not be able to put the word that's supposed to be in a sentence in the right place. They might have difficulty understanding what you're saying to them. Now that over time, because this disease is progressive disease, it becomes worse. And that person who's having difficulty with language ultimately will probably not be able to speak. So it's very scary to a lot of people. However, that's not a symptom for everybody person next to that person with the disease, they might have behavioral symptoms. So they might not be able to really control their actions. They have an impulse issue. They might say very vulgar things that they would have never said before they had this diagnosis. I'm telling you, some wild things came out of my grandmother's mouth. And it is one of those things where you have to learn to laugh. So everybody experiences this, this disease very differently. But we do have the 10 warning signs. Person doesn't have to have all 10 signs to be concerned. It could be just two. And the thing that differentiates a person who's just having some forgetfulness versus a person who might have Alzheimer's is consistency. It's starting to affect their everyday functioning. It is out of the ordinary for them. So somebody that always had some issues with keeping organized in certain ways, that wouldn't be a warning sign. You know, that wouldn't be something that would concern people. A person that was always super, super meticulous, and then all of a sudden starting to misplace things, you know, starting to hoard things, that can be a symptom. All of those things, that might be a, a consideration that people think about. You know, this is different than who she usually is. So that's something we always say, is this out of the ordinary for that person? Is it starting to affect their everyday life and perhaps their safety? Speaking of safety, I mean, how dangerous is it? Yeah, so it's definitely on a spectrum. But we really encourage people, the minute that they start seeing signs 
uh, in somebody or even themselves to approach either us at the association or approach a specialist, which we oftentimes connect people with a specialist, a neurologist, because getting this diagnosis, yes, it's scary, but what's going to happen no matter what, if you have this disease, it's going to become more dangerous. Their vision, the, the way that we perceive what we're seeing can change with this disease. So dr- that's why driving becomes dangerous. Balance can become an issue. So falling and getting hurt, not being in your best judgment. So uh, people with this disease are at a much higher risk of scams, uh, giving away money to people that they shouldn't be. So have, their life savings could be at risk. Being able to plan for the future. We know that being able to pay for long-term care, it ain't easy. <laughs> so you want to know that I have a plan set before this becomes so progressed that I don't have a choice any longer. I'm just, you know, you want to be able to say, I have still a say in my my life and this is what I want to happen. So let's document it now. Let's say you have someone that you know who you're beginning to think is like losing it, vulnerable. Are they aware? Good question. So that also varies. This is the challenge with Alzheimer's and any type of dementia, to be honest. It's a very gray disease. And by that, I mean, some people, they are very aware in the beginning. They might see signs. They might be in denial and they are shutting people out. Some people, that lack of awareness takes over and they truly don't know that things are changing. And as the disease progresses, that will no longer be if them. No people with this disease will be able to recognize that they have this disease. So I'll tell you, my grandmother... She recognized it in herself. She hadn't told any of us yet. So she knew what was happening because she cared for her mother at home. But yes, some people are aware and some people they're, they're saying, you know, I want to do whatever's safest for everybody, but some people, they really don't know. And that can be hard for people around them to accept. If you have an immediate family member, so it does increase your risk for developing the disease. So my dad's risk is increased. If my dad were to develop this disease, my risk would also be increased. If you have more than one immediate family member, that also it increases it even more. However, I've worked with people that have had no family ties that they know of to this disease, and they have developed it. I have known people who have had many family ties, and they've, they never developed the disease. And one thing we also know from research is that changes are happening to the brain 10 to 20 years before we even see the signs outwardly in people. Early detection is so important because the earlier you catch it, the better we can give you certain treatments for it, the better you can live a quality life and plan. All of these things can help. You know, it doesn't cure it, but it helps. And that's why we we really encourage people to talk to people like us or other specialists in this field, because we want to calm people's nerves, but we also want to educate people. Age is the biggest risk factor for this disease, and we all age. So we are all at risk. So younger onset, people in their 40s and 50s can develop this disease. We have worked with people, and we still work with people who have any type of dementia that's younger onset. We're not sure how Alzheimer's begins. We do know that there are what we call plaques and tangles, different types of proteins that build up in the brain. It's kind of like, I like to explain it. This is how my boss explained it to me one of the first days I started there. When you have plaque between your teeth, 
You have to floss. You have to keep them fresh or else your teeth are going to decay. You're going to have problems. All of those things, a tooth could die. Plaque is building up in these people. And we all have that buildup at some point. However, for some people, and this is, they're not sure why it's happening in some and not others. The buildup is causing deterioration in brain tissue. And we see that what we call shrinkage of the brain because of these plaques and tangles. So that is what ultimately causes the confusion, the short-term memory loss, and it goes throughout the brain. So how do we floss our brains? This is what hundreds of researchers are trying to figure out. How can we either prevent this plaque buildup before it even starts, or how can we cure it? We don't know what the cure is yet. There are some pretty amazing treatments that have come out recently that have been showing to actually slow the progression, which has never happened before. Oh, so, brilliant. Yes, lecanemab. Okay. So that is the treatment that has been approved by the FDA. However, it is still in those infant stages of discussion. So I can't share as much. What I do know is that it was approved. It was put through a speedier trial because it was showing great you know, result. However, it's kind of like the other treatments in the sense that it's not going to work for everybody. It's not going to work for people in all stages, but this is the closest we've ever been before. And it's why we are cheering from the sidelines at the association, really pushing for more of this research, hoping that ultimately it will be funded. So regular schmegular people like us will be able to. So what can we do in the meantime, stuff that can be done? Is there some way we can make a difference? Absolutely. So the first thing I would say is there are things that can lower your risk. It's not something that prevents it, you know, but there are measures you can take that would lower your risk. The number one thing is physical exercise. Getting that heart rate up. You want that blood and oxygen flow, heart pumping. The second thing, healthy eating. So having a nutritious diet, those lean meats, leafy greens, berries, all of those types of things. And I would definitely encourage people to talk to their doctor about what's the best diet for them. Uh, Social engagement, huge. So social engagement, we all need it. And I think that the pandemic taught us that 100%, how important it is for our mental health. But people with this disease especially, if they are lacking that social engagement, oftentimes they are. Social engagement, when people don't have it with this disease, you often see a drastic decline. And then finally, cognitive challenges. Challenging your brain. It could simply be having a a difficult conversation, learning new things. This is new to you. This is challenging your brain. It can be specific as learning a new instrument or a new language to reading about some new treatment for Alzheimer's. Big question we always get is about different supplements. Now, all I say is if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Really lean on your doctors. And if your doctor doesn't feel sure, ask them uh, for advice. You know, who could they direct them to, to give that advice? So we say everybody over the age of 65 has that um, annual wellness exam free to them. So really utilize it. Get that cognitive exam done just so you can relieve yourself from that stress or find out what you need to do next. This has been Andrea Kunla for the Hudson Mohawk Magazine, speaking with Katie Carey of the Alzheimer's Association, Northeastern New York Chapter.